a musical adventure. New artists, new musicians, and everyone involved in the world of music. Live from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, this is J-Rod Concerts the Podcast with your host, Jamie Rodriguez. Let's find out what we have this episode. J-Roth Concerts family, welcome to a new episode of your not singing host, Jamie Rodriguez of J-Roth Concerts, a podcast. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining. I hope you guys uh, had a great Super Bowl Sunday. I uh, hope you enjoyed it with your family. Hope you guys didn't uh, overeat or overindulge and are ready for some great music. And speaking of great music, guys, my God, so thrilled for today's guest, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, we're talking about a Nashville-raced five-piece that is taking the world by storm. There's no other way to say it. We're talking about Boy Named Banjo, guys, which I'm sure you've heard. And if you haven't, get ready to absolutely love these guys and their sound at first sight. Um, they have drawn comparisons to some of the biggest bands to come out of Nashville in the, in the last 20 years, like Kings of Leon, for example, uh, Moon Taxi, and a whole bunch of others, and... They released a great um, great album last year called Dusk. Great songs like Young Forever, Lonely in This Town. And uh, yeah, the band has a great story. I mean, we're talking about, you know, high school buddies, Barton Davies and, you know, Ford Gerard and that whole thing that, you know, they've been like hu hustling and hungry since young. They were playing Broadway bars since they were like in high school, maybe even middle school, like 16 years old, basically. And they were just, they just knew where they wanted to go. And now, ladies and gentlemen, they played the Grand Ole Opry last year. They're opening for some of the biggest stars in the world. And their live shows have quickly garnered a reputation for being something absolutely special. So we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We were thrilled to have them. Um, and check them out on tour. Their dates are at boynamedbanjo.com. So let's get on with it with this great episode on J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. There you guys are. How's it going? Look at you guys. The, uh, it, introducing you with the killers. You guys love the killers, right? Yeah. 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 And of course, this is the uh, uh, boy named Banjo Boys. Super excited to have them on the show. One of the hottest fans in, in, in Nashville. Barton, William, Sam, Ford, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Good, how are you? Good, doing well. Good, guys. By the way, guys, always good to see you. Um, and yeah, I'm thinking you guys love the killers. And I always love talking to bands about their influences. And, you know, I was reading your influences and they're all over the, all over the place, that, which I love and makes you guys so unique. What was your first concert, guys? Oh, wow. My first concert? Um, yeah. It was like Dave Matthews Band in Nashville. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'd say I think my first concert was um, Modest Mouse at the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville. Those are good. Yeah. yeah those my first one was Green Day in 2005, I think. Uh, on the American Idiot tour, unbelievable. Yeah, and mine was um, 
Maroon 5 opening for John Mayer in 2005. So no crappy concerts there. That's amazing. So like Barton, like when you, you know, when you, um, when you saw Dave Matthews or, or, or William, when you saw Modest Mouse or whatever, was this the moment where you guys said, oh shit, like this is what I want to do with the rest of my life? Honestly, no. Um, at that time, I hadn't even picked up an instrument, so I didn't even like consider myself a musician at that time. But um, you know, maybe a year or so later, I uh, saw some of my favorite bluegrass artists, um, folk artists like the Aver Brothers. Yeah, I think that was kind of the moment I was like, okay, that would be really cool to pursue something like that. Um, Interesting. Yeah. What, what yeah. Go ahead. Oh, for me, I mean, I just love music. Um, my dad loves listening to music. And so I always had music on at the house and stuff. So when I first started dipping my toe into seeing live music, I mean, I think at the time I was playing a little bit of guitar and stuff. Um, but it kind of grew on me slowly as to, as far as wanting to just start doing it, especially for a living. We were doing it for fun until um, we got out of college and just never stopped playing you know um we said oh we'll do this for a little bit and then all of a sudden here we are um years and years later so yeah yeah uh i mean that's that that's that's amazing and thanks for sharing that william but but barton were you like that's what i want to do but how do i write a song because when you say that and i and i know it's great you know what i mean like you know you want to do it but the idea that you could actually do it like so many of us think, oh, wow, you know, it would be really cool to do it. And, and then we don't do anything. We just sort of like never do anything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would say at that time, you know, when I was like 16 or so playing banjo was almost a tool force for songwriting for me. And that was around the same time I met William. And we yeah. really just started like honing that craft without even knowing it really just getting together and jamming and, and bouncing ideas off each other and trying to write um without any sort of goal in mind uh we weren't really thinking about hey i'd love to be a professional musician at that time but we're just doing it for fun you know and uh it, ne it has never stopped being fun so eventually we decided to do it as a career you know yeah i i, I love it let's bring sam in here because i feel like the whole band is so tight but sam you are a motherfucking good drummer like Martin William, like he hits hard, right? Like Sam oh, hits yeah. hard. Yes, he does. Like that's your uh, thing, right? Sam, you overpower the drums. Um, well, I don't. I I've really had to dial that back. Um, <laughs> so my influences go go way back into like hardcore metal music and hard rock and stuff. And so, until I met the guys in Boy Named Banjo, I really had no idea what even the concept of minimalism was when in regards to drums so over the years i've really uh learned to be patient and kind of serve the song you know make sure that the song is the uh the focal point because i really think that that is what carries the music and the genre that we play in um so yeah i mean i i'd naturally hit a little harder than most people and love to drive the beat a little bit but um I think in the newer music we're going to be releasing, you'll see that there's a lot of stuff where I kind of lay back and make sure that um, everyone kind of gets their chance and no one no one gets overpowered anymore. Sure, sure. Now, Sam, are you classically trained or are you like, you know, like Larry Mullen Jr. of U2 that kind of like just learned it like 
you know, and now he's having some some issues with his health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm not classically trained on drum set in any way. Um, that that was really all me. Um, but I did uh, participate in a lot of drumline stuff in, in high school and in college. So as far as like from a rudimentary um, standpoint, like playing literal drum rudiments and knowing like the ins and outs of rhythms, I'm, I would say I'm classically trained in that realm. Yeah. Yeah, so I, you guys, are, I, I could talk to you guys for seventeen hours, um, guys. I was watching, video, I, I was watching videos of you guys. Um, one of your rhyme and the view when you played circles, that was great, and another one from from tour. And obviously, you guys are kick-ass players, um, but as live performers, you guys are like next level. And I feel like I was definitely like this guy's kick-ass live. Do you feel? I don't know. Maybe you can take this partner, William or, or whoever. But do you guys feel that people overlook boy named banjo expertise as like the way you guys kind of break that barrier with the audience? There's some magic there, you know, like there's really something special with your audiences. Yeah, I mean, I'd say one thing for us that's been, I guess, difficult is to capture capture what we do live in a in a studio recording. I mean, I guess those are two different things, you know, like when we when we're in a room, we're, we're trying to put on the best show we can. Um, and when we're in the studio, we're trying to make the best recordings we can. And sometimes those paths cross, but, uh, live it's, you know, it's a Friday night, it's a Saturday night. Everyone's trying to have a good time. So we like to mix things up. We add kind of extended solo sections or different breaks. We don't really play exactly like the record. Um, so there's always some surprises for, for fans that that dig the record when they come out live to kind of see something different. Yeah. Yeah. And that's important for you as well, Barton, right? Just, I've seen you just the way you connect with audiences, like you break that barrier. Yeah. I think it goes back to like, just us having been boys for so long too. Like we have such a chemistry on stage. So everyone in the band is feeling relaxed when we're together on stage. It's like one of the most fun things fun things we do in life and when we're relaxed i think the audience is relaxed and we can really have that connection with the audience yeah that makes sense Fort, let me get you in here for a second yeah uh, because you joined the band later um first of all like you you went to you went to school right and then you kind of joined the band is that how it went uh yeah so i i played a couple shows with born name banjo back in back in high school and then um I think I think I was like the only guy in town that played upright bass, so it was, you know, hot commodity. Uh, sure, yeah. still still are, by the way. Um, and uh, then you know, college came around, and and every, everyone else stuck in you know Tennessee area, and then I went um, I went away for school, and then like right after college, I ran into Barton at a party, and um, you know, just kind of fiddle into it at a at a at a good time and that was you know i guess six years ago or so so yeah, yeah. That, that kind of changed the band right martin i mean when when uh when sam and ford joined i mean you guys were killing it um you know martin and william you guys were rocking it in broadway you know the whole thing but when these two guys joined that that kind of took you guys to another level did it not oh absolutely i mean it just allowed us to do things that we had never been able to do in the past, you know, without a bass player or a drummer. And I think it really vamped up our live 
sound, like you were saying, it just immediately pumped a lot of energy into our sound. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's phenomenal what you guys are doing. And by the way, guys, I know you've told this story a million times, but but for my audience, I mean, Barton William, you guys kind of like were playing basically outside of Robert's Western World, which is this great bar here in Broadway for many years. First of all, for how long did you guys do that? Uh, I mean, we, we did it a number of times. We were in high school. I think yeah. we were, what, like six, 16 years old. Like, as soon as we could drive down there and park, we would go down there and just play on the sidewalk. Um, so it wasn't a super frequent thing, but we did it a number of times. Um, the more we did it, you know, it's it's a wild place down there. So um, it was fun the first few times. And then, you know, then the magicians who, you know, kind of, that's their turf, you know, that particular part of the corner. You start kind of getting worse. All sorts of that kind of drove us off eventually. Um, but that's how we came up with our name and everything. Just, yeah, going down there and uh, seeing if people liked what we were doing. But William, that hunger that you and Barton had, I mean, that's like when you're at 16 years old and you're doing all the sacrifices to do that, like that's that's something inside of you, you know, like. Was there was there a moment where you were like with, with that you guys were like that it clicked that you guys were like this is like our destiny like we're gonna do whatever it takes. You, uh, I, I'm that's a good question. Um, I mean, I can remember our first tour ever. Uh, we got in a 1994 Land Cruiser. Um, it only had five seats. We threw a lawn chair in the back, and uh, like where you put you know, cargo. We put a lawn chair back there. One guy sat in the way back. And I remember, I think we were going to Virginia or something. And there was definitely something special about that feeling like, you know, we're, this is about to be a grind, but we're, we're going to do this. And, you know, I mean, going from there to sleeping in the car, sleeping in one hotel room and stuff, you know, I think when you are okay with that, you kind of know you're in it for the long haul a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it, it's incredible. Well, guys, I think you guys are going to play a song for us, but but let me leave you guys with this. Um, the past 18 months for Boy Named Banjo, you guys have become, man, I mean, it, it's such an honor to have you because you guys are on the upswing. The past 18 months, why don't we go around Robin, maybe let's start with Ford, go with Sam, and then come back to you guys, uh, the, like a highlight of the past 18 months, you know? Um, I think my favorite part of the past 18 months was... Uh, Finally jumping up from the van to a bus and getting to have a good night's sleep on the road. That was that was <laughs> my my favorite part. Yeah, I, I second that, but I'll also say that releasing our first full length album um since goodness uh twenty fourteen, I guess. Um has uh, you know, it's been a long time coming and we've worked really hard on these songs and I'm I'm just super proud of that moment when that when that launched. Yeah, I mean I'm probably gonna steal this one from William, but uh, we debuted at the Grand Ole Opry last March, and uh, that was just an incredible incredible experience. Uh, something we never dreamed that we'd be able to do, and just very grateful for that. Still, it's just it doesn't even seem like it happened. <laughs> That's true, man. Yeah, the Opry, that's a tough one to beat. Um, I, I'm going to say our show in uh, in Washington, D.C. Um, 
I love that venue. It's at the 930 Club, but it's a new, newer, more intimate venue. And um, just showing up, I think it was a Sunday or Monday. Uh, I think it was a Sunday night, and uh, we kind of packed it out. And it, it just, you know, that's the kind of stuff that fuels us to keep pushing and keep making music. Yeah, unbelievable. And, and, and the memory is only going to get better. So, yeah, thank you guys for coming. Barton, William, uh, Ford, and Sam, uh, thanks, everybody. If you guys want to take us away with the song, we'd be, we'd be absolutely thrilled. Awesome. Yeah, I think we're going to play, um, I think we're going to play one of these little singles that we released. Uh, it's called uh, What Keeps Me Going. been listening to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. Thank you for tuning in.